1: Hey everybody, I want to talk to you about Squarespace Courses. It has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. You can create engaging content your audience is going to love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. So just go to squarespace.com slash stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Licks Bryant. <laughs> Chris. And Jerry's over there, and this is Stuff You Should Know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame edition, ta-da.
1: Or as, was it Skinner that said, rock and or roll? <laughs>
0: yes, it was. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm glad you said that, because every time we walk past something one of the Simpsons characters said in mm-hmm. their 900 million seasons, somebody mm-hmm. writes and is like, how could you possibly not say this, you dummies? <laughs> I know.
1: Remember that time we got to go to a Simpsons table read, uh-huh. a.k.a. probably second or third best day of either one of our lives? Yes, absolutely. That's always what I respond back with. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Were oh, you at man. the table read we were at? When we met Matt Groening and he drew Simpsons characters on our autograph scripts. <laughs> yes, which I still Did have. Really I don't happen? I don't know if you still have yours. I still oh, have mine.
0: Kidding me? Of course. <laughs> yes, I am kidding you. Like, no, I tossed it. So you're like, I don't have room for this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Chuck, we are talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today. We've already talked about The Simpsons on an official episode before, two of them, actually. This Mm -hmm. one's a little different. This is about rock and roll, the musical genre, which is way more encompassing than a lot of people would like to admit, it turns out.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that. There's a lot there. We definitely (laughs) will.
0: It it smacks a lot of our, remember our disco episode? Yeah. Smacks a lot of that.
1: Have you, and I, I know we've talked about this. I don't think you've been. Have you to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
0: No, I haven't actually. I'm sorry, Cleveland. I'm sorry, everybody. Settle down. <laughs> I have not. It's, I have not been yet. No. And I actually have to say, I, I don't know that I care to. I know that there are plenty of people out there who love, would love to go to that, and should. But for mm-hmm. me personally, I just I don't care.
1: Yeah, it's not your kind of place really. No, it's not it's not meant for losers like me. <laughs> no, I don't think that's it. It's it's meant for losers like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh I went, you know, my family or Emily's family is from Akron and so we when they were all living there, we spent Christmases there and yep. other holidays there. Yeah. So we did all the Cleveland things and this was one of them and um definitely it's I, definitely
0: one of the Cleveland things to do for sure.
1: It's one of the Cleveland things. Um it's a place that I want to go back to. I love this in the in the museum in Seattle, like uh, the pop culture museum. I can't remember what it's called. What's mm-hmm. it called? The Museum of
0: Popular Culture.
1: Well, some, yeah, and there's but there's more, and then they, <laughs> there's <laughs> dot, another dot, shorter dot. name. <laughs> but I I love standing and looking at uh, the the original pad of paper. Sure. Where the original lyrics to Purple Haze are written. Yeah,
0: see, that's what I'm saying. I like listening to Purple Haze. I couldn't yeah, care less care about, about, about the piece at of that. paper that it was originally written on. Like, I get what people are getting out of this. It just doesn't hit me that way.
1: No, I hear you. I had a bunch of other things I was going to say I love, but are you going to say you don't love them after every one of them? But let's let's find out. <laughs> I love looking at the outfit that Bruce Springsteen wore on the Born in the USA cover, right in front of me. Okay. I love looking at. I could see how you would like that. <laughs> I don't care about that outfit. Chuck, what I else? I love standing in front of Prince's tiny little purple jumpsuit. Okay, I'm with or, you. On or that, that cool like guitar, or Mick Jagger's uh, tiny little ten uh, year old boy size jeans. Oh, really? Or, or leather pants? Oh, so small. They're all so small. I thought Mick Jagger was,
0: you know. Not no. pint size, really. Okay, I knew Prince was was small. small, but I didn't know that Mick Jagger was as well.
1: That's and we've talked about this. That's why they learn to be musicians because they can't. They're trying to get girls. Well, Prince was a great basketball player
0: too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Mick Jagger, but he was the Chappelle show. Yes,
1: it's true <laughs> though. The, he he played basketball in high school too. Oh man, yeah. No, he he for his size, he was a good athlete. I think, but. uh the point is I really really love seeing that stuff. In Seattle, I love seeing Kurt Cobain's striped sweater from the video and the broken drumsticks of Dave Grohl and and Chris Cornell's uh Gibson guitar. Like I loved knowing that that's and this is not just rock and roll memorabilia. Like I like any museum where I'm like, "Oh, that's the real thing. That's the Declaration of Independence I'm looking at." Yeah. It's not a copy. That's Great. the one. Yeah. Um, I really get a lot out of seeing the thing in person, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a lot of things to look at in person.
0: So I don't want to come off like some rube who doesn't care about museums. Like I care deeply about museums. It's just some like pop culture memorabilia. Yeah, that doesn't get doesn't me. do it. For it's you. as simple as that. I think we've established that. Okay, but I just don't want people to be like Josh doesn't like museums. What a dummy. No, we know you like museums. You got engaged in a museum. You like museums so much. That's absolutely true. Thanks for that. I appreciate the backup, Chuck.
1: Yeah, and you like like you'll see uh uh the Scream in a million art websites and art history books, but to stand in front of the Scream sure is a different thing. Yeah. Cuz it's the real thing.
0: All right, let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame itself, shall we?
1: Yes. I think we should start talking first about this because this really kind of summarizes a lot of some people hate the rock and roll hall of fame not just cuz they're not into mm-hmm. pop culture museums but they hate the idea and they think it the least rock and roll thing you can do is vote people into a hall of fame
0: yeah which is a real criticism of it and it's really something that um from what i've read the rock and roll hall of fame this the rock hall the people who are in the know um have has never fully figured out how to how to deal with that paradox. Cause it is a paradox. Like to take like what is rock and roll, which is, you know, like in your face, your parents hate it. Um it's it's like it doesn't follow the rules. And then just like put it behind incredibly expensive like recessed lighting with and protecting yeah. it with plexiglass and all that. That is the opposite of that. And they've just they just had to move forward as a paradox, basically.
1: Yeah. And I should point out, too, that my love for this stuff is like, it doesn't have to be behind glass. Like, I love being in, I'm going to Woodstock, New York in November, and I'm going to drive by Big Pink, where Bob Dylan and the band lived. And I like being at the places where the things really existed. I, there's an energy to it, I think. I get um, why you're
0: going to drive by that house, but I don't care about that. <laughs>
1: you gotta stop. <laughs> uh, but... This all comes back to Johnny Rotten, uh, the leader of the Sex Pistols. Yeah. When They were inducted. He wrote, uh, scribbled out on a piece of paper. Didn't go, obviously. And he said, next to the Sex Pistols, rock and roll in that Hall of Fame is a piss stain. <laughs> your museum, urine and wine. We're not coming. We're not your monkeys. And so what? That was, a, that was a great read. So that's sort of the thing, though. That is how some people feel. But to me... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is rock and roll because they read that on stage Mm -hmm. rather than just burying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Like, that's rock and roll.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, it's had such an enormous impact on world culture, on human culture, that, like, of course it deserves a museum. And then if you're going to do, like, a world-class museum, there's just certain things you have to do. And, yes, that doesn't fit with rock and roll, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a rock and roll museum. It's just, like... Yeah, we took this rock and roll stuff and put it under plexiglass, and that's just what you do when you create a museum.
1: That's right. Uh, we'll talk about more of that stuff later, but let's talk about the history, shall we?
0: Yeah, because the whole thing opened up on September of 1995, but it had been brewing since the early 80s, I think, thanks to a dude named Ahmet Erdogan. Er- Erdogan?
1: I think it's Erdogan.
0: Oh, I got it the first time, and then I doubted myself, but... I still got it. That's the point.
1: That's right. So Erdogan was the uh, co-founder of Atlantic Records, um, the biggest name in records in sort of at a certain time. I mean, there it's, it's a still couple a thing, of certain
0: but, times, huh?
1: Yeah, a couple of certain times. He was the son of a um, a Turkish ambassador, but loved music. Uh, co-founded Atlantic and with uh, Jerry Wexler, and started out in the R and B game.
0: Yeah, did they signed... The Drifters, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, all of whom were, like, unknown at the time. So, that alone is, like, worth celebrating. Like, that's an amazing record label just to start. And then, in the 60s, they shifted over to rock um, and signed Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and Cream. And um, so, just these two incarnations over two decades um, kind of put Atlantic on the map. I think, like you said, it kept going, right? Like, is is Atlantic still around?
1: Oh, it's got to be. I mean, it's probably owned by Disney or something. But Sure,
0: sure. But it's a storied record label, and for good reason.
1: That's right. And so he first hatched the idea of having a museum and a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he was like, well, of course, it'll be in New York City, uh, because that's just where you do it. Uh, (laughs) What he didn't know was that uh, there were these businessmen in Cleveland, Ohio, Mm -hmm. that were already planning their own Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Yes.
0: And when uh, Amit Erdogan heard that, he shuddered. <laughs> I was like, all right, why, Cleveland? And I said, well, hold on. Like, Cleveland actually has a lot of claim to rock and roll cred. For one, the the local DJ, Alan Freed, is widely considered as the person who coined the term rock and roll. Like, that guy came up with it, and he was a Cleveland DJ. And Erdogan said, okay, I'm listening. What else you got? <laughs>
1: And he said, well, you know, it was a very, the radio station, uh, WJW, that Freed DJ. That broke a lot of big acts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You kind of had to make it in Cleveland. Not had to, but making it in Cleveland could break you. Uh, Yeah. David Bowie was broke there. Uh, Rush, and we got to thank Dave Ruse for putting this together. Mm -hmm. And I also want to thank Dave Ruse for saying Bruce Springsteen.
0: <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I noticed that now that you see I know it's a typo, Dave. I know you're listening, but it was fun to read Bruce like, Springsteen. He's
0: like, No, I i
1: mean the much less known Bring Bruce <laughs> <Right>. springsteen <laughs> Uh Joe Walsh is from Cleveland, Trent Reznor's from Cleveland, oh, Ohio. I uh, you know, I've talked about before in Emily's hometown of Akron. Uh her high school, Firestone, is where Devo was from and Chrissy Hines oh, and Black Keys. Yeah. Like, that's a heck of a roster to come out of a single high school.
0: Yes. Plus, also, like, um, even back long before Devo was around, that same guy, Alan Freed, the DJ, he uh, he organized and hosted what's also considered the first rock and roll show, the Moondog Coronation Ball, way back in 1952. Whoa. So, and we've talked about it before. I could not figure out what we've talked about. The then. Coronation Ball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. we we've, we've definitely covered it. I I'm almost positive. Anyway, yes, so Cleveland has like some rock and roll cred, so it would make sense that they would be considering a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it would also make sense that uh Erdogan and, and the rest of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation said, Okay, we'll we'll think about this. They were skeptical at first, but then they said, How about this? We'll open this whole thing up to voting as to where the, the site should be. Um and we'll say Cleveland's one of a number of different cities. Memphis, New Orleans, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and, of course, New York, which everybody knows New York is going to win. And just whoever gets the most votes will we'll say that's the city that gets the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I get the feeling it was that. It was like, hey, we know we're going to put it in New York, but this will drum up a lot of publicity, mm-hmm. get everyone excited all around the country, <clears> even <throat> though they're going to lose. But I think he underestimated two things. The uh, – the passion of Midwesterners and the pride of Clevelanders and Ohioans to put their their city on the map a little bit more than it even was then, mm-hmm. and the disinterest of your average New Yorker <laughs> to take place in a poll or a vote right, or a petition or a uh, – to sign their name on something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And don't forget, this was around the time of Balloon Fest 86. So, like, Cleveland (laughs) was really trying... They were trying to find something that that let the world know Cleveland was great. So they actually collected 650,000 signatures, which was more than the population of Cleveland at the time. They got a lot of people... Uh, behind this idea Um, and I guess USA Today ran a poll in January of 1986 right and they they said okay which of these cities should the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame be in
1: that's right and I'm sure they had a colorful graph Mm -hmm. to declare Cleveland the winner by a landslide 110,000 votes in first place second place went to Memphis with 7,200 so Cleveland they know how to get people motivated uh, for civic pride, I will say that,
0: yes, but the thing that probably really got the foundation 's attention was that Cleveland also simultaneously raised twenty six million dollars for the museum hard. to basically yeah. say hey we 're quite serious about this, and it would turn out later that the whole thing cost about a hundred million, but Cleveland footed the bill for the whole thing, yeah, so it was actually as we 'll see a pretty good choice. Um, And finally, in 1986, it was announced that, okay, fine, yes, it will be in Cleveland.
1: That's right. Uh, But they did not wait for the building to be built to have their first Hall of Fame class uh, voted on and inducted. They did that in 1986 in New York City. Uh, Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, and Little Richard. And then on the non-performance side, you had Sam Phillips and Alan Freed. Uh, you had early influencers, Jimmy Rogers and Jimmy Yancey, and the lifetime achievement that year went to John Hammond, uh, who I didn't look up, but that's gotta be the Hammond organ yeah. guy. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, um, there was this great quote that Dave found that really kind of got across, like, even at the outset of the criticism of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it said that, um, Rock and roll is now so middle class, it was accorded a most civilized honor. It was given a dinner for uh, <laughs> when writing about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame first class induction in 1986.
1: You know that uh, that reporter was like, huh, right after they typed it. Yes. I'm so that. self-satisfied right oh, now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to take a break now, and we're going to talk about uh, the building itself mm-hmm. and how you get in that thing. Besides paying money to buy a ticket right after this.
0: Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments, and if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care.
1: Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful.
0: Hey, everybody. Josh and Chuck are here to tell you about a new podcast Car and Drivers Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver in iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio.
1: That's right. It's hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga. Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Driver's panel of editors and car experts test drive and review today's most compelling new rides.
0: And the best part, Eddie and Tony have no filter. They review cars with the same blend of intelligence, independence, and irreverence that has made Car and Driver a trusted source for news and reviews since 1955.
1: Car and Driver's Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you need at the prices you want guaranteed to fit your ride every time visit ebaymotors.com for more eligible items only exclusions apply
0: so jump in buckle up and listen to car and drivers into cars available wherever you get podcasts yeah. So, Chuck, everywhere I've read is that you have to show that you've signed your name and blood in the book of Satan to get into the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame and pay $30. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> is it still 30 bucks? I didn't look that up.
0: Uh, I believe, yes. I think Sounds it is. Sounds about right. Yes.
1: And they have different stuff, too. Like, uh, like any museum, they'll have temporary exhibits. So if you've been once, uh, don't think you can't go again.
0: <laughs> right, They'll let you back in, especially if you're willing to pay another $30. Yeah, and you'll see new stuff. But supposedly, um, you should not expect to see everything in an hour or even two um, and really be able to soak it in. Like, I've read that you can zip through the museum in maybe two and a half hours, but you're not getting yeah. that much out of it.
1: It depends on how much you want to read the placards <laughs> and stare at, at uh, Jimi Hendrix's uh, Purple Haze lyrics.
0: Well, yeah, and there's also lots and lots of videos and archival footage and stuff like mm. that that you can really add it's a cool. lot to your visit to to sit and watch and listen to.
1: That's right. Uh, so when they went to build the building, uh, they enlisted the services of one I am Pay. Is it Pay or Pay? Pay. I am Pay. pay. Um, the architect who just happened to uh, design the expansion of the Louvre, which didn't even take that long. You didn't? Isn't that the second time I've referenced Seinfeld, that same Seinfeld thing in the last few weeks? <laughs> no. Remember when George pretended to be an architect? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they said he designed the new thing in the Guggenheim, and he went,
0: didn't really even take that long. <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't remember you referencing it again. I, it, I've
1: referenced it recently. I thought it was to you, but it's hard to tell real life from.
0: I'm totally with you, man.
1: These chats <laughs> these days. Uh, but yeah, so he, you know, I am uh, pay had a great resume. Uh, designed that glass pyramid at the Louvre and uh, went to a few concerts to sort of, you know, get the the gist of what this whole rock and roll thing was all about.
0: Yeah, and apparently um, he was on acid with Lou Reed at the Bon Jovi show at the Meadowlands. And when he wow. stood up and he said, I've got it. Another triangle is what I'm going to do. Another pyramid. <laughs> another pyramid. And he did. Uh, it was a, it's a, a pretty iconic building in and of itself. Um, And the pyramid, though, if you hear that he also did the pyramid at the Louvre, you're like, oh, come on, there's other shapes. Um, But (laughs) this one is meant to evoke, uh, especially if you look at the the logo or the letterhead for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, they have a pyramid in that, and you see very clearly that that's meant to evoke a guitar neck vanishing off into the distance, like you're looking up the neck of a guitar from the body.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of cool things about it. It, There's also this central tower, and then in front of it, a big 65,000-square-foot circular plaza. And if you look from above, um, it's really neat. You can look at a picture of it. It looks like a record. uh, And then on that plaza, there's, like, the arm of the record player and the needle, uh, and it looks like a turntable, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, it is very cool. So, and it's also, I'm like, It's a very literal building as far as like what it's supposed to look like goes, but it's also enormous and very nice. It's one of those things where if you research the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you either come across Cleveland.com articles, um, rock, music, um, uh, journalism articles, or architectural articles. Those are the three Mm -hmm. groups that (laughs) basically lay claim to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: And and you're like, I'd fly over it, but I'm not going in.
0: It's not I'll that I wouldn't go ride. in. I don't. I would. I would go in. I just wouldn't get as much out of it as you. Oh, okay. All right. We're we're getting places. Yeah. It's not like I'm. I and I certainly don't begrudge anybody going. I'm. I'm just saying I won't get as much out of it as you will. It's. It's not what like I, I don't understand way? it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, let me see if I can put it in different <laughs> terms. I just. I just don't care. Oh, I know. That's not true. I care.
1: We're going we're to crack this code by the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they broke ground in 1993, uh-huh. uh, opened in 95 with a six hour concert. I at, saw um, Seven and a Half. Oh, well, Springsteen was involved. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did it again. There it is again. Did he really? Dave did oh it. Oh my gosh, he did. Dave is starting to think that Dave Bruce, doesn't know. It's
0: Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Two E's.
1: Oh, that's no typo, because I see other E's, like his E button isn't broken. No,
0: it's true. There's one
1: that comes right before the I in Bruce Springsteen. I can't wait to get his email Oh, about man, this. I can't either. Uh, so they had that concert at Cleveland uh, Muni Stadium mm-hmm. uh, with Chuck Berry, and, uh, who was still around, played with Springsteen, and Johnny Cash, <laughs> and Johnny Coogs, uh, Aretha, Al Green, mm-hmm. Lou Reed. It was quite an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... I guess we should talk about how you get in, because this is where it takes on a lot of heat. Um, Some people say there should be no such thing because rock and roll shouldn't be in a museum. But then other people say the the voting process and the vagueness of qualifications to be considered are just weird, and it's a popularity contest, Mm -hmm. and it's gotten a lot of criticism over the years because basically you have to be uh at least 25 years out from your debut album mm-hmm. and you need to have demonstrated unquestionable musical uh excellence that's it and that's all
0: yeah which is not it's not really great guidance but it is kind of rock if you think about it it's kind of rock and roll it has to be that way i think you know um but yeah that definitely is so subjective that of course it's opened up to I, you know accusations of favoritism sexism which, sure. which definitely seems to be legit. Only 8% of the inductees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are women. And there's definitely way more than 8% of women rockers or women contributors to rock and roll. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's not that these these allegations or suggestions are just totally off base necessarily. Um, they, they They may be quite accurate.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's my deal. I kind of think it has to be that vague because they would they would get probably more complaints if it was a numbers, if there was an algorithm. Like you need to have had this many number one singles, mm-hmm. won this many Grammys, which are also subjective, by the way. Um, I don't think it can be based on record sales. Right. Like it'd be weird to design an algorithm. I think it has to be kind of vague. Uh, to me, it's a it's an award of longevity in a way. Uh, which I do like because, you know, 25 years on, unless you died young, you can still get in, like Buddy Holly, obviously, and people that died young. Mm-hmm. But you can't have a record that came out 25 years ago and still be a performer who is not very popular and get in. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like no, you've got know and Vocal Band test. or anything in
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have withstood the test of time. And it's easy to poo-poo this stuff, but like, Dude, if there's ever a podcasting hall of fame, you bet your sweet butt I want us to be in there. Sure. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And we'll be standing at our, our own little display with the mm-hmm. microphones and our headphones. And I'll be like, I don't care about <laughs> the microphone <in> our <laughs> and our headphone.
1: And most people will be going, who are those
0: guys? Right, right. No. I've seen that logo, but who are they? You'll find me hanging out at the display being like, this one's pretty great, huh? Hey, I'm Josh right. Clark. It's good to meet you. Thanks for coming.
1: Uh, so, yeah, the vagaries around induction has definitely been a criticism. Uh, they come up with a – the staff comes up with a list of nominees each year. Uh, they send that out to – a 1,000 musicians and members of the record industry, historians, music historians, and then they vote for the top picks. Right. And then if you receive at least 50% of the vote, which is 500 votes, then you are inducted, and that's usually between five and seven performers each year.
0: Right. And so the induction process is basically like a museum The museum version of the 100 greatest bands of all time, 100 greatest albums of all time, and (laughs) all of of, like the arguments that that starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically the voting and induction process every single year. Why is this person on this list? Why isn't this Uh person on this list? Why haven't you inducted this person? This doesn't even count as that kind of music. Uh That is (laughs) the induction process every single year. And everybody's right.
1: Yeah, and I think the Hall of Fame itself is kind of like... I don't think they're trying to solve that anymore. I think they're just like, yeah, that's just comes with the territory. Yeah. And stick it in your butt that's if you don't like it. <laughs> probably the, the
0: wisest thing they could do is approach it from that way.
1: Uh, there is a fan vote now, which is great. Um, I don't know if they've always had it. But uh, you can vote online and pick your top five. And the winner of the fan vote is on a fan ballot. And I believe that kind of changed things because – You know, bands like Rush and Cheap Trick finally getting in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah? There were a couple of the big ones where people were like, why are they not in there? Like, they may not be the most popular band across all demographics, but, like, they have some of the most devoted fan bases and have been doing it for, you know, 30 years.
0: Yeah. No, there's tons and tons of people that you can say, like, why aren't they in there? Um Yeah, for sure. But I don't know that the fan vote is actually having much of an impact because I saw that it's added to the other thousand votes. Like all of the fan tallies adds up to one extra vote total. Right.
1: It's not like they can vote in people.
0: No. And I I learned that from Dee Snyder, who we were actually on a TV set with at the same time, the lead singer of um, Twisted Sister.
1: He no, was, we met him.
0: He, yeah, he's a great guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to rally the public to support Iron Maiden this past year, and Maiden got passed up, which is, agreed, ridiculous. But apparently metal acts like just routinely snubbed by the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame, so much so that you could probably be like, what is going on? Why do you not like metal? Metal right. is definitely rock and roll for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean— yeah, we'll we'll get to more of that later, because it is very strange that Judas Priest is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure. Uh, they also hand out other awards, the Ahmed Erdogan Award. Um, it was the Lifetime Achievement Award originally, and this is for non-performers who've had a major influence on the development of rock and roll. So we're talking uh, Brian Epstein, not <laughs> Brian Epstein. I think it is Epstein. Uh, managed the Beatles. Uh, Dick Clark is in, Lou Adler, uh, Leo Fender, Phil Spector, people like that.
0: Yeah. There's also the Early Influence Award, which is basically like, you're not rock and roll, but you definitely influenced a lot of people who play rock and roll. So people get inducted in that way, like Woody Guthrie. Definitely Mm -hmm. not a rocker, but he certainly did... um, he influenced, say, like Bob Dylan, who's considered a rocker. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a good way to get in is to just travel in time, release a bunch of records in the 1920s, and sit back and wait for your <laughs> induction after your long day.
1: Uh, Louis Armstrong, Billy Holiday, Robert Johnson, our own Les Paul. Mm-hmm. Our own Les Paul, like we own him. He's with us. Uh, then there's the award for musical excellent. This is to artists and musicians and songwriters and producers whose originality and influence creating music have had a dramatic impact. Uh, only twenty two. They don't do this every year. Um, Ringo Starr, Leon Russell, Nile Rodgers, mm-hmm. uh, the E Street Band without Bruce, mm-hmm. N- Springsteen.
0: Nile Rodgers is in there. He was. I was reading yeah. about him. He's had Dude, one he's of the most amazing, amazing careers of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he just did Chic alone, yeah, that would be fine. Yep. But he's got, you know, that was just a small part of his career.
0: Yes, it was. I mean, the most recent thing he did was win three Grammys for working with Daft Punk on um, their most recent album. I guess their last album. There you go. So there's some things about being inducted um, that are kind of anomalous and interesting in in that. Like, you can be inducted more than once in different capacities,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're a solo... Performer and you were in a band. Like Stevie Nicks is the only woman to be inducted two times as Wrong. a solo performer. Oh, okay. And is a member of Fleetwood Mac.
0: No, Tina, Tina was um, inducted twice and so was Carol King.
1: Well, they are being inducted this year. So technically, uh, okay. they've I got, got two you. more weeks before. Uh,
0: I should have known better, Chuck. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I think know. October
1: 30th is. Uh, so Carol King was in there as a songwriter, I guess? Yeah, I believe so. And Tina with, with Ike and Tina? Yeah. It had to be. Yes, can you believe it? They
0: inducted her with Ike before they inducted her as her solo career. Give me a
1: break. Oh, I believe that chronologically,
0: but it doesn't have to go chrono- chronologically. It says nothing about chronological order.
1: But well, let me ask you this: When you think Tina Turner, do you think "Rolling on the River"? No. Or do you think "Private Dancer"?
0: Private Dancer. Okay.
1: <laughs> you think "Sexy, Sweaty Saxophone"? Yes. Solos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Alright, fair enough I'm thinking uh, about one right now Which is why she's in there twice uh, Eric Clapton's in there three times Not once, not twice, but thrice Obviously, uh, Yardbirds, Cream And as a solo guy All the Beatles are in twice
0: Yeah, all it's, they're the only band All inducted as solo artists
1: Yeah, I can't think of another band That might hit that mark
0: Um uh, mama, I can't either
1: Because not many people go on to be just as big as a solo performer. No,
0: it's very rare, for sure. Yeah, Um, and I think it's nice that they gave Ringo his own too in 2017.
1: That was great. That was a very nice ceremony. I watch it every year. Uh, Oh, really? The ceremonies? Oh, sure. I I love it. Cute. It's it's fun because you know they induct the people. Someone who loves that person is inducting them, so that's always great. Mm -hmm. And it's always you know like. Somebody you might not expect, like uh, Harry Styles inducted Stevie Nicks. And, like, I didn't even know Harry Styles liked Stevie Nicks. And it turns out he loves Stevie Nicks. Hmm. So it's stuff like that. And then they, they give their speech, which is great, or a complete uh, disaster, which is also fun.
0: So this is from Amanda Petrusish. Sorry, Amanda. Um, from The New Yorker back in 2017. And she said, the televised ceremony proceeded about as expected. Gentlemen with exacting hairstyles wore sunglasses inside, hugged each other reluctantly, and squinted at a teleprompter. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you just took me there to the induction.
1: Well, what's funny is some of of the speeches are really nice and awesome. uh, And then some of them are, uh, some people are like, up there with bands that they broke up with and like they hated each other. Yeah, like oh my god, have
0: you seen the acceptance speech for Blondie?
1: I know I saw it live, but I don't remember what was what what, what happened.
0: Blondie wouldn't let like three or four of the original members play at the ceremony. Debbie Harry wouldn't. No, she, yes, uh, sorry, Debbie Harry would not, and oh, wow. one of the original guys begged her on the microphone during his speech and she said no and kept saying no and was like, no, we're not, no, you're not playing tonight. Really, And, um, it was really deeply uncomfortable. Fifteen years later watching it on YouTube, I was like, (laughs) I'm going to throw up. I'm so, so uncomfortable right now.
1: Well, you know, sometimes people don't show up. Like, Paul McCartney didn't show up for the Beatles induction because, What? uh, Supposedly, he was in a lawsuit at the time with Yoko and Ringo Uh about something. Um, the talking heads managed to get together and play together. Like that's the other thing, you know, that's where I was headed. You have your speech and then you play together. Mm-hmm. Usually as the original band, sometimes if it's like, like journey, you know, Steve Perry didn't sing, but he gave his blessing for the new guy to sing. Sometimes they'll have both like, you know, guns and roses. will have the two drummers there and they'll take turns. Oh yeah. Uh, mid song. Even though Axel wasn't there. No, not mid song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And then sometimes people can't get it together at all, and they're just like, no, we hate each other. We're not playing. We're not showing up. Um, Sometimes Mike Love will get up there as a member of the Beach Boys and be a crazy freak. Uh, Just watch his speech if you want to see something very deeply uncomfortable. Okay. I can't wait. He like flat out challenged people on stage. He just got really salty like halfway through, and he's like, I'd love to see – I'd love to see the mop tops the Beatles get up and do 180 shows a year or I'd like to see Mick Jagger get up on stage and do what I do and it was just I mean, he's a legendary jerk but it was uh it was really something else. Wow, he does not live up uh, to his last name. <laughs> but to me that's sort of the fun of watching the ceremony is all these really deeply personal relationships of these people that are suddenly thrust back together mm-hmm. uh and do they work it out and are they amicable and cool or not? Uh, Bunny Carlos played with Cheap Trick which is cool Mm -hmm. their drummer that left um, but sometimes like Axel Rose in a full on legally statement (laughs) yeah That not only didn't say, like, I don't want to come, but he was like, no one is allowed to induct me. No one is allowed to speak for me. I think we have to read it, Chuck. Yeah, read it. It's pretty great.
0: This was from Axel Rose. I strongly request that I not be inducted in absentia, and please know that no one is authorized, nor may anyone be permitted to accept any induction for me or speak on my behalf. (laughs) Neither former members, label representatives, nor the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should imply, whether directly, indirectly, or by omission, that I am included in any purported induction
1: of Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Oh, man. He really didn't want to take part. And yet, they got back together and are playing again, and seemingly enjoying themselves. What's his problem
0: with uh, Guns N' Roses? I mean, I knew they broke up or whatever, but why does he, like, hate Slash, or what's the problem?
1: Oh, yeah, he and Slash had problems, and Uh, I don't know. They worked it all out, but they hugged it out. Who knows what goes on behind these closed uh, green room doors, you know? Sure. Wasn't that the song?
0: Mm.
1: No one knows what goes on behind green room doors. I
0: think, is that a Bob Seeger song?
1: (laughs) I think so. Maybe we should take a break. All right, let's do that. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to wrap this thing up.
0: Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments, and if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care.
1: Yeah, you know, imagine you're feeling so sick that even the thought of getting out of bed is just too much for you. With Amazon One Medical, you don't have to leave the house. Of course, what good is that if you then have to drag yourself to the pharmacy, but you don't have to do that either because of Amazon Pharmacy.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Delivering things fast is what Amazon is known for, and that's exactly what they do here. They'll deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in pharmacy lines with people who probably all have something worse than whatever you're there
1: for. Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful.
0: Hey, everybody. Josh and Chuck are here to tell you about a new podcast, Car and Driver's Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver and iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio.
1: That's right. It's hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga. Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Driver's panel of editors and car experts test drive and review today's most compelling new rides.
0: And the best part. Eddie and Tony have no filter. They review cars with the same blend of intelligence, independence, and irreverence that has made Car and Driver a trusted source for news and reviews since 1955.
1: Car and Drivers Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you need at the prices you want, guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Visit ebaymotors.com for more. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: So jump in, buckle up, and listen to Car and Drivers Into Cars, available wherever you get podcasts. Showcased site.
1: So just go to squarespacecom stuff, and you're going to get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code Stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. Should we talk about some of the famous snubs?
0: Yes, definitely. We can just do that for the rest of the show.
1: Well, I mean, I'm looking at the list. I'm going to go ahead and throw out Alice in Chains and uh, Big Star. Like throw them out like you don't include them? Throw them out like they should be in and they're not. I <laughs> get
0: gotcha. How about, wait for this one, uh, Dick Dale.
1: Oh, that's just nuts. That's We talked Dale about that idea.
0: in the... Um, in I think the so. Yeah, Gibson, Fender episode. How about the Smiths or MC Five?
1: I know. I mean, it gets it gets weird. It's like Husker Du to me belongs in there, sure. but like they were a very small band. NXS was a huge band. Jane's Addiction's not in there.
0: Jane's Addiction not being in there is pretty surprising and and just objectively wrong for sure.
1: I totally agree. Uh, Motorhead, Mo- well, Motley Crue. It gets it's so subjective. It gets so weird because people. Poo poo stuff like disco, and they poo poo stuff like, uh, like Ozzy Osbourne or metal. Like mm-hmm. Ozzy should be in there,
0: yeah, for sure. But that's, I mean, that's that kind of gets at the heart of of why I a lot of so. people
1: are like, wait a minute, what's
0: going on here? Um, because, like, hip hop acts have started to be inducted into it, starting in 2017 um, or 2007. I'm sorry, with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, uh, I think. One of the the most recent one was Jay Z in twenty twenty one. Is that right? Twenty twenty. He's
1: due, and and we said earlier that it hadn't happened yet. By the time this is out, it will have already. Oh happened. gotcha. But okay. So he's, he's part of due the, for this. Year. Part
0: of this class. Okay. Tupac got inducted. I think. What do you what do you think about that? Uh, one more, Fela Kuti was nominated this year, but he didn't make oh, it.
1: Oh, finally.
0: Um. So. There's this guy that um, Dave turned up that I think makes a really great case. His name is Troy L. Smith. He works for Cleveland.com, one of the triumvirate of writing about (laughs) the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, he says, look, man, if you are talking about rock and roll, of course it would include hip-hop, just as much as it would include, like, alternative or new wave or punk. Like, they're all branching off the same tree because— if rock and roll is the trunk, if you go a little further down, the roots of that tree are like blues, jazz, gospel, boogie-woogie, doo-wop, mm-hmm. like all this stuff combined to make rock and roll. And if you're saying like rock and roll is just a, a, a white guy with a guitar somewhere between 1967 and 1990, yeah. you're talking specifically about rock. And that's actually different than rock and roll. And this isn't the rock hall of fame. This is the rock and roll Hall of Fame so yeah you could make a really strong case to include not just hip hop but also like R&B um, world music like Fela yes. Kuti's Afrobeat stuff like, th- like all these people were influenced by the same tree and that's what Troy Smith is saying and I gotta say I agree with him on that one
1: I just have mixed feelings I do agree but it's um, then just call it the Music Hall of Fame maybe yeah that's it's, what some
0: people suggest
1: it's weird that like willie nelson's not in there yeah but like another country artist might be well like Hank
0: williams is in there johnny cash
1: yeah like they'll include jazz and now hip-hop but like not metal it's just i don't know man it 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 starts to sort of fall apart in a way the more you expand it Mm -hmm. because there is a country music hall of fame there's probably i don't know if there's a jazz hall of fame is there so, somewhere, I, don't know. I mean, like like should everyone have their own hall of fame, like every genre, but then where do you stop? Is it like is new wave a genre? Like it is, but is it under the more all- inclusive banner of rock and roll? It, it just it gets really like a cat chasing its own tail at some point.
0: So there was this kind of uh, Twitter discussion, which means a flame war. between Ice Cube and Gene Simmons from KISS when N.W.A. was being abducted. Gene Simmons was poo-pooing the whole thing, and uh, Ice Cube was defending it. And Ice Cube had a pretty good point. He said, um, the question is, are we rock and roll? Rock and roll is not an instrument. Rock and roll is not even a style of music. Rock and roll is a spirit. It's not conforming. It's outside the box. And then he finishes with rock and roll is N.W.A., which I could not have read that more squarely than I did. (laughs) But if you go a little further and read Gene Simmons' retort, too, he's saying, like, yes, he's criticizing hip-hop as not, like, actual music because they sample and they talk rather than sing, so therefore it's not rock. I disagree with that. But he also says, I'll tell you what, when Led Zeppelin gets inducted into the Rap Hall of Fame, then you'll have proven your point. And he makes a good case in that situation as well. But it kind of dovetails in with your idea, like, should each of them, each genre of music, have its own Hall of Fame? I, I don't think so. I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a wide enough umbrella that it includes hip-hop and other stuff that's not rock.
1: Yeah. That's not a great look to say stuff like that either, though.
0: No, I know. And, like, like you know, of course there's allegations of racism and sexism and, and um, homophobism. Is that a word? Sure, um, homophobia. I think more thank commonly, you. but of course, dude, of <laughs> course. But um, I, Amanda Petruccia, I am sorry, uh, Amanda. Um, she says that um, she points out like how much this this ties into that same hatred of disco by the same people who are into yeah. rock. But at the time when rock was new, these are the same people who. Never aged out of that. It's all rock. It's all white guy with a guitar from nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen ninety. That's rock, and that's rock and roll. And that's just not true. That's a type of rock and roll. That's not the all the end all be all of rock and roll. Yes. That's my totally. take on it. I'll stop saying it. I know I've said it at least twice now, but it's just so true.
1: It is. Uh you saw who was coming in this year. I thought that might get you excited. Who? Well, in the in the performer, it's Tina Turner, Carol King, The Go Go's, amazing, uh, Jay Z, Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren. Mm-hmm. But the early influence award, my friend, craftwork. Oh, really? They're getting in, huh? They're getting in as early influence, along with Charlie Patton and uh, and legendary jazz poet Gil Scott Heron, who cool. uh, I totally think uh, Wyatt Sinek should play in a biopic. Oh, yeah. You mean a biopic? In a biopic. I think Wyatt would crush that role. Sure. And I think I've even told him that. Oh, yeah? What was his response? I don't think I've told him that because he would probably be like, I don't need career advice from you, buddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Zip it. That's what Wyatt's uh, famous for saying. Musical Excellent Award this year is LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes. Not bad. Okay. Ozzy's not even in there. And then uh, Clarence Avant is getting the Ahmet Erdogan Award, and I don't know who that is, and I feel like I should. I don't either.
0: So, so Chuck, they have um, Purple Haze lyrics. I think we've established that multiple times. What else do they have at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that would be worth paying $30 to go see?
1: Uh, By the way, Clarence uh, Avant is known as the Black Godfather, entrepreneur executive and film producer, and American music executive, so... Very nice. Gotta shout him out. Uh, you know, they got they got the instruments. They got the out they got a whole room of of clothing and legendary outfits. Uh, they have the handwritten lyrics, they have archival uh, like original master tapes where in listening rooms. They have this really cool thing now that just opened a couple of years ago called the garage, mm-hmm. where it's literally like a garage set up with a full band. And you can go in there, you don't have to know what you're doing, and they'll try and teach you how to play instruments. That's so cool. You just want to wash
0: your hands afterwards.
1: Yeah, well, you do now, for sure. And you're like, or always. Um, And, you know, they have a great music education program with working with the schools in Ohio Mm -hmm. and in Cleveland. So, like, like they do a lot of cool outreach and hands-on stuff to get people involved. And if you go to the garage, uh, the website for the garage, and you see, like, these, you know... Sort of people you can tell have never picked up an instrument before, playing the drums oh, or playing the bass, just a little bit, and like the delight on their faces—it's pretty cool.
0: That's where the museum staff who've transgressed are punished. They have to go hang out at the garage and
1: watch that. <laughs> oh, you get this? No, they're teaching them. They're sure, teachers. Sure. <laughs> uh, I got. Well, the only other thing I want to point out is the uh, if you're looking for highlights. Mm-hmm from over the years they, you know, in the end, they had this all-star jam where a bunch of people come on stage and play some songs. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the most legendary moment that's ever happened, and it was passed along uh, more recently after his death, was at George Harrison's uh, posthumous induction mm-hmm. and the all-star jam. They were playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and Prince comes out of the shadows and destroys the stage with a guitar solo that, like, Is unlike anything I've ever seen. Oh, check that one out for sure! And uh, he's just the coolest dude on the planet. He finishes his solo, Mm -hmm. takes his guitar up and throws it up in the air, and uh, there's—you don't know this—but his guy is out there to catch the guitar. But. And he struts off stage and Tom Pettys and Jeff Lynn are just standing there like and Danny Harrison, like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. It's amazing.
0: Um, so one one last thing, the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tried to expand. They finally tried to open something in New York, and they did uh in I think um two thousand eight. Yes. So they finally got that New York outpost, right, Chuck? And then within two years, it was closed. And they tried another one in Tokyo in 2017. It closed in five months later. And Dave Ruse nails it with this last line. I guess Cleveland really was the right choice after all. (laughs) Wink emoji.
1: Yeah, I mean, they need to keep expanding Cleveland because you've only got so much space, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, like, it's that was the place to do it. It turns out that that was absolutely correct. So, that's good. Sometimes big decisions don't always work out, and this was one that did. And by God, God bless you, Cleveland.
1: We got to get Jane's Addiction in there.
0: Sure. I think we also really even more so maybe need to get, like, Iron Maiden in there
1: or Judas Priest or both. James was nominated once uh, and didn't get in. Uh, War has been nominated three times and hasn't gotten in. Wow. I think that's – or no, 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 no. Sheik has been nominated 11 times and hasn't gotten in. That
0: Just because it's disco, that is ridiculous. I saw – I read an article making the case for Weird Al, but then also saying why Weird Al will never make it in because
1: he makes Weird fun Weird Al of, has been uh, 17 years uh, snubbed, never nominated. Hmm. Maybe someday Weird Al, but I also get the impression Weird Al doesn't care.
0: Nah. Well, like maybe he does deep down? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> um, since we said Weird Al doesn't care, obviously that means
1: that it's time for Listener Mail. Uh, let me see here. Which one should I read? I'm going to call this Lemon Song. <laughs> um Every morning as I get ready for work, guys, I like to throw in an episode of Stuff You Should Know. The excitement that came over me this morning, when two of my favorite things briefly combined into one, is indescribable. Josh's mix-up on the Lemon Song gave me a good chuckle, mm. only because Squeeze My Lemon is, of course, from the Lemon Song. And I could only guess that the song about friendship that he's speaking about is the song Friends <laughs> on Led Zeppelin 3. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, As soon as I heard the beginning of the episode, I quickly sent sent a text over to my dad. He's the reason I'm such a big Zeppelin fan. We both got matching Zeppelin tattoos when I graduated from college, and I am the reason he is a Stuff You Should Know fan. While we don't live close, I'm in Denver and he's in Phoenix. A small moment like this is something that gave us both a good laugh and a reason to chat this morning, and that is from Lauren in Denver.
0: Nice, Lauren. Thank you very much for that. We love bringing families together, don't we, Chuck?
1: and splitting them apart in <laughs> equal fashion. <That's> right.
0: <laughs> well, if you want to let us know how we brought your family together or split you asunder, uh, you can email it to us to stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Radio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey friends, when someone says Amazon, do you think healthcare? Well, maybe you should. Amazon One Medical offers same day appointments, and if somehow that's still not convenient enough, they have 24 7 virtual care. Not only that, there's also Amazon Pharmacy, so after your virtual care appointment, Amazon will deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. Now waiting in line with people who are sick with who knows what. It's a new era of healthcare. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHELP.com.
0: Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. And you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5X miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.